Well, we want to welcome you. And if you're joining us online and in our communities, we want to thank you for joining us and worshiping with Willow Park Church. We just finished with a song, Be Still, and encouraging our souls to be still. And that fits really well with the fourth commandment. Before I get into the fourth commandment, Tolstoy, a brilliant writer. I'm sure all of you have read War and Peace, of course, in a week. I'm still reading it. It's the 20th year. Um, But Tolstoy wrote a beautiful small story about um, asking the question, how much land does a man really need? And so he tells the story of a man that travels to a tribe in the hinterlands of Russia. And the tribe offer the man as much land as he can walk in one day his his. Kind of thing that they used to do in, in, in Canada in, in the uh, 120 years ago. Give you great pieces of land. And so the man makes a frantic, anxious journey. And he walks and he runs and he goes as far as he can until the sun sets and he collapses with exhaustion and dies. And the reality, as Tolstoy makes the point... Ultimately, the amount of land he gets is six-foot plot that is his final resting place. It's a frightening thing that you can spend the whole of your life chasing after something and you can collapse at the end of it and realize that all you've ended up with is nothing. Because of the way you've constructed your life. And as I share this sermon, it is tough and it is hard. Because I am feeling incredibly challenged by what I'm going to share with you. And incredibly kind of like, oh, I'm going to have to sit down with Michelle. We're going to have to talk. We're going to have to do this. I love doing that, by the way. But I am challenged by the fourth commandment. Why? Because the fourth commandment is about safeguard your heart. And what God wants to do is safeguard your heart, your life, and the way that you live. So prepare to be challenged. I give you a warning in the head. It is maybe very challenging to many of you. You see, the one thing I want to remind you is that the Sabbath is a gift. It is a wonderful gift that that has been given to us. And don't we love winning gifts? Don't we love that? I, I was last year, was at a, well, this year in fact, at a pastor's conference with pastors from Willow Park Church for our conference and all the pastors from across BC were at Harrison Hot Springs. If I've told you this story before, don't worry because I just want to tell it again. And, and it, we were having all these wonderful door prizes, winning things and different opportunities. And you had all these little numbers and you ripped off and you won Tim Horton's uh, cards and Starbucks and a little, little perfumes for the ladies. It was great. Pastors and spats. But there were two big presents that you could win. Two of the massive prizes. A Sony camera with lenses all singing or dancing. And three days, all expensive pays at, again, at Harrison Hot Springs. Agree that would be good. We pulled out the ticket, they announced the number, and what happened? I, Michelle, we won the Sony camera. God, oh, come on. And it was good. 
Thank you for clapping. That's wonderful. You sort of clapped. And then they pulled out the next one for the big holiday at Harrison Hot Springs. And who won it? Pastor Glenn from Willow Park South won it. Oh, that created all kinds of problems. They had to have a, a meeting of the gathering of the ministers. They had to ask, can, can the two big prizes be given to the same church? I just said it was the favor of God. And it was wonderful. And there they were given this holiday for three more days at, at, at Harrison Springs. All expenses paid. Absolutely fantastic. And then when they'd finished their conference, taken a vote, talked to Menno Simons, they decided at the end of it that we could keep these two things. It was brilliant. I joke. But isn't it wonderful when you're given a gift, like a holiday? I'd love to be given a gift of a holiday in Hawaii, by the way. And all of this, it's wonderful. And if the first commandment talks about worship God alone, the second commandment talks about don't distort your life with idols. And you haven't listened to them, get online. The danger third of misinterpreting and misusing the name of God. And the fourth now is a practical outworking of all of these three with man's relationship to God. See, God is interested in a relationship with you. He does not want you to walk seven days a week and keep walking, collapse at the end, and only end up with a six-foot square plot. God wants more for your life. God wants to be there. And this is what we must explore as we look at this because God's work of relationship. The fourth commandment, which is so many people despise, has been eroded in our Western culture, is actually essential to the commandments because there is a safeguard of our hearts and it's about our intimate relationship with God. It's about time that we spend. How are you doing with your time? Albert Einstein remarked when he was talking about time that he said that there certainly seemed less of it about than there used to be. And I understand what he said. How many of you feel that way? There's less time out than it used to be. How many times have we heard people say this week? How many times have you said it this week? I'm too busy. I don't know where all the time goes. The week has simply flown by. I've not had a moment spared to myself. True? If your wife has said that this week, nudge her. If your husband has said it, punch him. And we are masters of so much in the 21st century, but we cannot master time within our lives. Our modern lifestyle is simply this. Our modern lifestyle is ruthless. It is a well-known fact, proven, that we may have more money, more income, more opportunity, but we have less time to enjoy it with what we've got. 60% of successful professionals say that they are suffering from stress and depression. 60%. 48% of the Americans' top executives say that their lives feel empty and meaningless. Oh yes, we have friends to phone. We have family to talk to. We must get fit. We must exercise. That's good. Appointments to make, shopping to do, books to read, films to watch, web pages to see, bills to pay, and even socks to sort out. Don't mock the socks. 
I'm sorry. With Michelle being away for two weeks and being ill since she got back, I've had to sort out the odd sots. It is an evil task from the pit of hell. Where do the socks go? How can so many white socks have so many different shades and little colours running through them so they don't match anymore? I am stressed. I spent an hour on the socks and did not solve the sock problem. Psychologists call it this. They call it universal fatigue. Are you connected with me here? People constantly tired. It can't be the morning already. I'm still tired. Exodus 20, verse 8, 11. Remember the Sabbath day, but keep it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work. By the seventh day in the Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it you shall not do any work, neither you, nor your sons or daughters, nor your male or female servants, nor your animals, nor your foreign residents in your town. For in the sixth day the Lord made the heavens and the earth and the sea and all that is in them. But he rested on the seventh. Therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy. We need to make something clear straight away as we jump into this. We don't observe the Sabbath in the same way that the Old Testament period observed it. Ceremonial activity. It is not a matter of legal obligation not to work on the Sabbath. There is, however, a principle here that one needs to bear in mind. God created us with bodies and minds that need to rest. The civil aspect of the command has expired. The ceremonial aspect of the command has been fulfilled by the death and the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. But the moral aspect remains. I should say that for Christians, the Sabbath rules, yes, have ended. But the Sabbath principle of the command utterly remains. And this is a challenge to us. Thomas Watson wrote these words. I love these words. When, Sunday, when Saturday evening approaches, sound the retreat. Call your minds off from the world and summon your thoughts together to think of the great and work of, of the approaching day. Evening preparation will be like the tuning of an instrument. It will fit the heart Better for the duties of the ensuing Sabbath. I love those old words. Tune your life like an instrument. As you approach your Sabbath, step back. Release things. Let things go. There are two dangers, however, in this. Dangers, number one. And these dangers affect our minds and the way that we think. First of all, The whole of the story of Exodus was to avoid this mentality. And it's a mentality that affects the 21st century. This mentality of a slave mentality. That we become enslaved. You see, what the Lord, by giving the Sabbath, wanted to create a holy day so we wouldn't be enslaved to the world that we live in, to profit, to business, to endlessly running around, to doing chores all the time, to being a 
distracted to never living in the glorious moment of the present because God knew that we are people that can become enslaved by our own schedules and we become a slave as much as they were in Exodus today in the 21st century. We can be enslaved, can't we? We have to be aware of our enslaved mentality. Secondly, a cynical mentality. It's most horrible that we actually, the cynical mentality is, I cannot rest because if I rest, God will not provide for me. If I take time to rest on a Sabbath, as it were, God will not be there. I will fail. And there's a cynical part of this mentality that we say, I simply cannot trust God with a day to give to him in my life. And the truth of this, God says, collect manna for five days. On the sixth day, collect dubber. In the five days, it will rot. On the sixth day, I will provide for you to cover those days and I will be with you. He promised that you can trust me in this. Can you trust? It is my belief based on the Bible That for the sake of our health, sanity, family, relationships, our spiritual health and our society, we all need to learn to understand what the Sabbath is again. Is your health suffering? Is your family creaking? Are your relationships not working? Is your spiritual health going downhill? Is our society starting to feel the pressure of the choices that we've made with 24-hour shopping, seven-day-a-week contracts? Of course it is. The problem is we really have lost the ability to apply a Sabbath to our spiritual devotion. We've lost that ability. Let me give you a summary of the biblical context. First of all, the, 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 the Sabbath exists to, for trust. That we practice the Sabbath because we trust. Secondly, we understand that the Sabbath is a pure gift from God. It's a, it's a thing that you can know because God so much loves his people, his covenant people. It is unique in all of ancient world and it is unique in its approach and it even required that servants, animals, resident aliens, there is nothing parallel in the whole of the ancient world, in fact in the world that matches the Sabbath. It is a gift from heaven to mankind. You can't find, oh yes, oh you historians may talk about Babylonian festivals and Babylonian feasts when they had a day uh, uh, to celebrate. But they weren't days of rest like the Sabbath. Those were days of work to celebrate the monarch. You see, it's for the powerless. It's for people that, that could be enslaved. It's to give them uh, it's for the powerless so that they can live, so they can rest. It is even for the powerless for animals, that we look after our animals correctly and we have good stewardship over our flocks of sheep and our animals, which is so interesting that God is concerned about this. It's to do with the godly use of our entire calendar. 365 days, 12 months. 
seven days a week. There's this rhythm and this use, and God challenges us through this commandment, say, how are you using your daytimer? How are you organizing your life? How are you living? I said it would be a bit challenging. Hallelujah. Preach it, preach it yourself. It's prominent. In other words, the fourth commandment takes up most of the space of any other the tenth commandment and uses more words. In other words, God's not just telling us, God is shouting at us in capitals. Have you ever had people text you in capitals? I hate that, by the way. So irritating. And when people write to me and then in capitals in their, in their emails put capitals like they're shouting, I just want to press delete and send back a very ungodly pastoral response. Like, stop using capitals. And now they, when they dis- these people, oh, they discover how to highlight things and turn them into different colors with fonts. How very novel and ridiculous. And... But God is here, he's capitalized this, he's texting it, he's coloring it, he's putting little smiley faces with it, he's putting little, for those of you who don't know what smiley faces are, it's a generational thing. And it talks about creation and redemption. It's linked to that. Simply put this way as we look at all these points. Your creator advises you that you function better if you take one day out of seven off. That is the advice of the maker. Hmm. The fact is, because God knows that taking a day off is so much against our desire, he has made it a rule in this commandment. God is ordering us to take a break. He's ordering you to do many things in the commandments. Do not murder. Do not commit adultery. We we agree with those things, don't we? Or you should, or if you don't, come and see me and I'll pray for you. And, but do take a day? Mm. Really? Well, let me help you. Let me paint a picture with primary colors of a bit of a breakdown. Look again at Exodus 28 to 11. And as you look at the scripture about remember the Sabbath day, but keep it holy, there it is. There are key words in that. Remember, Sabbath, good words. By keeping it holy, a very good word. Let's just think about those three words for a moment. First of all, let's think about the word remembrance or remember. What does that actually mean? If God wants us to engage in Sabbath, what does the word remembrance actually mean? Well, it means remembrance is that sense is remember all that God has done for you and remember what he's done through creation and remember how good God is in your life. You see, a day in a week, to spend time and create a Sabbath space is a time where you can remember how good God has been to you. And God loves that. Because God wants you to remember. 
It was to do with total recall for Israel. They must recall that they were in slavery in Egypt. They must contract the slavery with the experience of their Sabbath. They must understand words like liberation. And even their servants must enjoy this full extent. And the foreigners must enjoy it because they're being reminded through this Sabbath day of the kindness of the master and all that God did for Israel by releasing them from the slavery of Egypt. Isn't that wonderful? And I see that exactly the same. That we don't create space or Sabbath to think about all that God has done for us. The word remembrance is about remembering a person, remembering God, remembering people. We're so busy in our lives that we never pause to stop and even remember the goodness of what Christ has done, thinking, reflecting, understanding what he's done through the work of the cross. Sabbath, second word. Let's put that primary color up. Sabbath, of course, comes from Genesis where God finished the work of creation, and he Sabbathed. He rested on the seventh day from all his work he had done. When the Sabbath became one of the Ten Commandments, the example for the Sabbath, God spoke, was about his own life and about what he did. He created in six days, and on the Sabbath, God rested and looked and said, it is good. Your life My life, my family, my health, all that we are would be so much better if we untangled one day of our life and declared it a Sabbath and looked at all that God has done and all the wonder of this. Really would. Is that sense, the Sabbath gives life. The Sabbath is a day for the sake of life. Man is not a beast of burden. The Sabbath is not for the purpose of enhancing our efficiency of our work, making us more creativity. No, the Sabbath is for you, God, your family, your life, a time to rest, a time to thank, a time to give glory, a time to switch it off and plug into the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Switch it off. See, we're following God's example in his message. You're following what God did. You're spending active, productive time. I get the picture of connection with a sense of deliverance of the cross, the beauty of creation, spending time walking and communing, eating with our family, laughing, switching off all the distractions of life, creating a 24-hour bubble where you and God can engage, where you and your friends and family can engage, where God is at the center, walking, sitting, eating. Do you like the picture of this? It's holy. Uses the word holy. It is a sense of sanctity that as you create this space, God's going to fill it. As you create space, God's going to bless you. As you create space, God is going to be at work. As you create space, God's going to be present. Why? Because it's a covenant issue. And as we can see from Exodus 31, God placed it in covenant and it was also a law issue and is so closely linked to worship. 
See, get back in the rhythm. In the vast universe, God himself has imprinted an order and rhythm that can be seen at every level, from the subatomic level of who we are, right the way through to the way that living things are held together. The rhythm of the heavens, earth rotates on its axis, giving us night and day, 24 hours. Path around the sun gives us seasons. Moons give us tides. And when we fail to have cycle in our own lives and rhythm in our life, your life, your family will fall to pieces. I got quite passionate there, didn't I? But God invented it, not me. And God said, let there be light in the vault of the skies to separate the day from the night and let them serve as a sign to mark the sacred times, the days and the years. Have you lost sacred times in your life? Have you lost sacred times in your family? Have you lost sacred times in your friendship? Have you lost sacred times? Now, we're not just suffering from jet lag, we're suffering from life lag. And it doesn't matter how much melatonin you take, you're not going to get over it. But first of all, I just want to thank God for work. We work well, we do our chores, we renovate our houses, we enjoy our activities. And by work, I don't mean salaried employment. There are mums here, there are carers here, there are people that work in families. It's not about salary. Work was part of God's design. Count your blessings about the work. God has called us to work. Thank God for your work. As Colossians 3.23 says, what you do, work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord, not for human masters. You know, rejoice in that. Celebrate. In all of that, and within this, there's a sense of worship. If you look at the New Testament, creating the space to gather with the saints, to gather together on the Lord's Day, which of course is, is the Sunday, which was kind of their Monday, which was the morning when Jesus rose from the dead, and the morning when the power of the Holy Spirit came on the church, became significant, and it became a an actual holiday of the seven-day calendar uh, 323 years later. So the New Testament makes it clear. Hebrews 10.25, not neglecting our meeting together as some people do, but encouraging one another. That part of our Sabbath rhythm is to create days and space and then to create moments of worship where we gather together like we are now. In other words, what we call church is important for the rhythm of life and the rhythm of family and the rhythm of our devotion, gathering together. Oh, even Revelation of John, when he was caught up by the Spirit, what did he say in Revelation 1.10? On the Lord's day, I was in the Spirit. It's, it's, it's not, you mustn't lose the sense of the Lord's day. Now, I know there were shift workers with workers. 
it is a challenge in our 24-hour, seven-day-a-weeks, shift-work culture, consumer-driven, Saturday night services, Sunday morning services, um, Sunday night, we've talked about a midweek. Absolutely, I understand that completely. But don't lose a Sabbath in your life. However your schedule is. So, final thoughts. Will you please take rest seriously? And within that rest, realize that it's important to connect. It is important to spend time. A day off is good for you physically and mentally. And a day of rest is also important because it enables you to assess what we are doing. Even God does not want us to become obsessed by work. God himself obviously isn't obsessed. Step back and see what is good. You personally do not have to hold everything together. Because by saying I can't take a Sabbath in my life is by saying that I'm above God. Workaholics are aware of this. It's a toxic. Workaholics, it's heart disease, it's hypertension, it's depression. The Japanese have a word for it. They call it karishai. And I have no idea whether that's right, but I'm going to pretend that I can speak Japanese. For a moment. It, do you know what it means? And I know there are people that speak Japanese. Death from overwork. They have a name for it. Now we don't have a name for it. We just watch it happen all around us. 10% of Japanese men die this way. So five things. First of all, guard your rest. Create solitary places. Create a natural rhythm. Get away from the crowds. Guard it. Plan it. Think about it. Secondly, be refreshed in your rest. And as you refreshed in your rest, allow that time to minister to you and build in. There is a God element in this for your life and for your family that you can't avoid. Thirdly, have freedom to rest. You know... In the ancient times, you couldn't prepare a meal. But it's probably a good idea if you're going to take a restful day to prepare the meal before. It's good. You couldn't sew on a button. You couldn't light a fire. You couldn't walk more than 3,000 steps. There were 1,521 rules attached to the Sabbath. And it completely removed the, the original intention of God communing with his people and families being together and Christ being at the center. Enjoy others in your rest, please. Family, meals, activities. Unplug all of the social media. Switch off all of the notifications. Start to be radical with the way you look at it and say, how much different would our life be if we created this bubble of 24 hours? And fifthly, enjoy God in your rest. An executive was walking down the beach one day. 
on the phone chatting and talking. And as he was chatting and talking, he most noticed a fisherman with his little boat and he was lying back looking at the sea and the phone call ended and he was expecting another one. But in between, he thought, I'll talk to the fisherman. He said, what are you doing? He said, well, I've just brought my catch in. I imagine this story from somewhere exotic like Barbados or a Caribbean island, yeah? He said, hey, I just brought in the catch. He said, well, is this all your catch? He said, this is what I need today. And the businessman said, but don't you realize, enthusiastically, he said to him, if you went out three times in the day, you get three times the catch. And he nodded. And don't you realize that then if you got three times the catch, about two years later, you could have a speedboat and you could catch more. And the fisherman nodded. And then with several speedboats, eventually you could get a trawler. And then you could get a refrigerated unit and a place to pack your fish. And then you could get lorries and you could deliver it to market. And the fisherman nodded. You could even then afford a helicopter and follow the movement of the ship from above. And the fisherman nodded. And then you put all this together and then you can And triumphantly, the executive concluded, you can calmly be sitting at the beach side, dozing in the sun and looking at the beautiful ocean. And the fisherman replied, I already do it now. (laughs) You knew where I was going with that. But the truth is, somewhere there's got to be balance. And God explained to us where the balance is. And we've got to be willing to unplug. And we've got to be willing to connect with God himself through the Sabbath. Let's pause and pray. Lord, I pray that you will enable us to step deeply into a fresh sense of prioritizing how we organize our lives and how we're willing to put you first and how we're willing to honor you with our time, with the joys, with all that you're doing in our lives, I pray. Bless us, I ask in Jesus' name. Amen.